Melissa, would you say that you were a skater girl growing up? No. Absolutely not. No. Not at all. Not at all. Not for lack of trying. (laughs) Uh, I wanted to be, but I um, rarely wore jeans. I wore a lot of sweatpants and sweatsuits. Had really long, just straight hair that I rarely did anything with. Just straight ratty ass hair <laughs> it's not ratty it's not ratty i'm kidding, I'm kidding. that is not. that is untrue it was well-kempt hair it just got really long before i donated it we did give a try at skateboarding our brother got a skateboard oh. for christmas one yes. year we also won a free spongebob we skateboard did. it was a more like it was like a long board yeah in like an elementary school gift basket giveaway yeah. do you remember oh no <laughs> extremely dangerous okay. When we were bored in the summer, all right, me, you, and Austin would grab the skateboards. Oh, in the plastic chairs? And we'd tie a plastic chair onto the skateboard. With some rope and then skate down the driveway. We wore helmets, <laughs> you know. We also had a person at the end of the driveway to be the car Oh, lookout. yeah, somebody was lookout to look out for cars to make sure we wouldn't strike anyone. But yes, I do remember this. We actually, we had it on film. It's on my, like, oldest cell phone. I don't think you could access it anymore because my phone's probably dead and long gone in the basement. But uh, we did do that for fun. For fun. <laughs> Certainly not the weirdest thing we did as kids. Uh, no. Not even not even close. No, Sadly. No. Sadly not Sadly. close. I just thought of that today because it kind of has to do with the topic at hand today. Yes. But I was just thinking about that and I was like... It must have been when mom was sleeping, because I feel like if she saw us doing that, she probably would have said no. Oh, probably, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like most of the stuff we did that was, like, questionable was when she was asleep, because then we could get away with it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I feel like that is fair and accurate. I tried to skateboard a little bit. Austin kind of tried to learn. You had Heelys. I had Heelys. Oh, yeah. Do you remember? <laughs> what What do you want me to remember? Because I have got lots of memories of the Heelys. I had a pair of Heelys. Skechers Heelys. Skechers Heelys. First off, if you're not familiar with Heelys, because they might, people might not be familiar with them. Uh, Skechers made these like skate tennis shoes um, that had a, the, the ba- uh, bottom part of it popped out. There was a chunk that popped out and you popped a wheel into it. And essentially, you'd have a wheel on each uh, shoe. Yeah, and heel. Mm-hmm. Heelys. Mm-hmm. Hence the And name. you could basically, like, skate, like, on them. Yeah. Um, it was kind of funny because a lot of kids had them in middle school. You had to pop the wheels. You had to take the wheels out when you got to school and put the piece back in. You weren't allowed to wear them in school. Yeah. I remember, one, it took me forever to get them because it got delivered to their own house. Yes. Two, I got really bored one day in class. This was, like, m- maybe one of the... Or the most upset I've seen my mom at me growing up. Um, I got really bored one day in class and I had a red pen Mm -hmm. and the Heelys were like, they had white and then they had like black and pink on the sides. And I was like, you know, it'd be a really good idea to color all the white in with the red pen because that sounds smart to like, they they were expensive. They were probably like 80 bucks. You got them as a birthday present. Right. Like they were, it was like a gift. You did not like at the store mm-hmm. one day being like, hey, want I want these shoes. And it also wasn't like I purchased them myself because right. then they would have been mine. I could have done whatever I wanted with them. Right. So then I was like thinking about it when I got home and I was like, this was not a good idea. Mom's going to be pissed. And she didn't know about it. For a while. We went to, I specifically remember when she found out. I don't remember this. 
We went to our church because my parents used to always go donate blood. They always did blood drives at our church. And me and you had to go with mom because dad wasn't home. Like, I think we were, I was like in middle school. I was like sixth grade. No, I think you were in fifth grade. I probably was. You got him when you were in fifth grade. Yeah. So you were like 10 or 11. That or maybe she had to go to work and dad was going to, I don't know. There was some sort of, we had to go for some reason. Mom came to, for some reason, she came to the passenger side, like the back of the car where I was sitting and opened the door and was like, what did you do to your shoes? And I was like, I colored them in and she was pissed. Like, granted, like, to be fair, that's, you know. Yeah. They were expensive shoes that she purchased, and I basically just... You were not an artist, so no. they did no. not look... They did not they enhance the shoes in any no. way. <laughs> so then I proceeded to get mildly scolded. I don't think Bob would have yelled in the church parking lot, because, you know... Yeah. In front of Jesus and all, you know. In front of Jesus and Jesus Christ is <laughs> yeah. watching. Um, right. Not religious anymore, so... <laughs> he's but watching yeah. right now. <laughs> he's always watching. He's listening. He's listening. He's our... Fr- Hannah, he's the original listener of this podcast. God, I I'm very I'm afraid that <laughs> what he's heard. If that's oh, I, true. we're going to hell. We're going to hell anyways. It's fine. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So that was like my brush with trying to be a skater girl. I thought I was cool with them. Yeah. Which I think most people who had them thought they were cool at the time. I think I still have them or I threw them away, but they were like just red. I tried. Mom tried to like scrub it out. You could have probably just used a uh, Mr. Clean like magic eraser, and it probably would have. Yeah, come out. I think it faded yeah. a ton. I, think I it did. Not a sm- yeah. Not a not a smart idea by Hannah. That's why I couldn't be a skater girl. And mom said, "See you later, girl." She did. Get in the back of the car. We're going home. We're going home. <laughs> Uh-huh. Life's like this. Uh-huh. That's the way it is. Well. Well, 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 well. well, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. This is Research Rank Repeat. This is co-host Hannah. This is co-host Alyssa. And today, Hannah and I are cosplaying as our favorite well, one of our favorite musicians from our past, present, and future, the wonderful, great Canadian, Avril Lavigne. Uh, for those of you who are not watching us currently, which is just me and Hannah and Jesus, uh, Hannah is holding up <laughs> an Avril Lavigne CD, her debut album, Let Go, that came out in 2002. It's 20 years old. We're doing this on the 20th anniversary of this release. It's split in half and cracked to whole shit because this was one of my favorite CDs. Do you remember the lyrics? Yes. So I have probably listened to her first album all the way through at least 100 times. I would have to think. Like, there's no way I haven't. Um, I have a very specific memory of going to uh, a friend's house and... I went over there specifically to listen to and learn the lyrics to every single song on the album. Like, we just took out the book and just read all the lyrics and just kept practicing until we could do it, like, by memory. We were talking about this before we started, but I think I got this album 
the year it came out, which would have been around Christmas 2002. I'm pretty sure. I definitely had it in elementary school. I played it to death on my portable CD player because that's what you had at the time. It complicated was on the radio 24-7. And Avril Lavigne has just released a new album last month. Came out about three weeks ago. And we thought there's nothing better than revisiting an Avril Lavigne ranking, which we had previously done before this podcast in 2019. And we've revisited it now with her new album, with a new perspective, and with a lot of sadness that Hannah and I's gifts for each other's birthday this year were going to be to take ourselves to see Avril Lavigne in concert. It's been delayed. Sad times. It's not Mm -hmm. delayed anymore? So I found out recently... The European tour is delayed but till next year. But not the American. Her okay. Canadian tour she's doing soon. She just hasn't announced her U.S. tour, but it's supposed okay. to be this year's Well, so there's still hope. You know what's going to happen, Hannah? It's going to be the day of <laughs> wedding. We're, I don't care. We're going anywhere. I'm going to drive somewhere if we... It's going to co- coincide with some event. And what we're going to do, Hannah, is we're just going to pick one fucking city in the United States and go. go. We're just going to pick I don't we're care. Pick a city and we're going to go. I don't care if I have to spend yeah, money. It's if fine. If we can't make it work, um, again, this is a happy birthday to us. We can do whatever we want. Right? And we've also like... Hell yeah. We're the motherfucking motherfucking princesses. We haven't given each other really birthday gifts for like two years because we've just been waiting for concerts. So we've talked about this before, but I was supposed to go see Billy Joel for my 25th birthday. I'm 27. It's been delayed two years. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We got got it locked. (laughs) Yeah. We've had really shitty luck with concerts. Um, We've already gone over this, but we we will find... A city and we will we go. Will go. I don't care. If you want us to come to your city to see Avril Lavigne, let us know. <laughs> I will go to fucking Toledo, Ohio if yeah. I have to. <laughs> I don't care. I'll go to I'll go to I don't Florida. Care. Yeah, we'll, we'll go, go to, Florida. to Florida. That's how desperate we are. That's where we're at. But yes. But yeah, I mean she truly like influ- influential artists and like artists that like one of the first artists I remember, like, really loving and listening to, and also still one of the artists that I, like, still actively listen to. Like, her music's usually, at least one of her songs usually comes up on a lot of my playlists at some yeah. point. Her career's been pretty, like, crazy, I guess you would yeah. say. Like, uh, periods of, like, where she didn't do anything for reasons I'm sure Alyssa will get to. She was kind of... In a in a genre of pop punk in the early two thousands, mid two thousands, that was heavily male led or like bands like Paramore. Obviously, there was like Haley Williams. Well, Avril Lavigne came before Paramore. Right, right. But I'm just saying, like, if you look at the scope of pop punk music at that time, there were not really many females. Yes, and I will talk about that because Avril Lavigne, aka pop punk princess is essentially credited for expanding the pop-punk genre into a female-driven um, right. music sphere. She's considered, yeah. like, started that. And, like, comparing her to the likes of, like, Alanis Morissette, you know, in the 90s, like, the, the grunge rock, like, transitioned into pop um, music. So I, I, I am the same way. Um, Pink and I think Pink and Avril Lavigne and Kelly Clarkson are were probably like the three biggest influences on me, you know, as a child musically. Like those were artists I was obsessed with and I still listen to all three of them as an adult, you know. 
and have, you know, it's very interesting to watch how their music has evolved and specifically Avril Lavigne. Yeah, so her new album came out, like Alyssa said, last month. Yeah. Love Sucks. Love Sucks, which came out on February 25th, 2022. Very recently. And um, she released Bite Me a couple months ago. Yeah. That was her first single. And then she released Love It When You Hate Me. Yeah, that was her second single. And I remember when Bite Me came out, I was like, this is, this works in 2022 as a pop punk song, but still stays true to her, like, original sound. And, like, I would say for the album as a collective, Mm -hmm. that's very true. Like, she found a way to make an album in 2022 that gives me the same feelings as her albums from 20 years ago. Because she had an album that came out 2019, I Head think. Head of Water. And that was very, like, different. And I don't have an issue with that because I think it's cool when artists do different, like, yeah, experiment a little bit with their music. I thought it was a cool album. I'll kind of talk about her musical transition through albums. Like, yeah. From album Because there is definitely some transitions. Right. But yeah, I just thought in general that album, like, I was really excited about it because obviously I've only been listening to it for a couple weeks, so... A lot of the songs are hard to judge right now, but I, I think it it feels very current. And I do think, like, pop punk music this year and last year's kind of made, like, a comeback in a way that makes me excited. I'll just kind of talk about it a little bit. Essentially, um, Avril Lavigne switched records, record labels, DTA Records, who is run by Travis Barker, who is originally um, known for Blink-182. And so Travis Barker has produced music for Avril Lavigne, Machine Gun Kelly, Willow, um, Will Smith, a lot of artists who are doing a lot of very pop punk sounding uh, music that's, you know, very reminiscent of like, you know, early mid 2000s when it was that was like a huge thing. So I think he kind of is pioneering the new generation of that sound. It seems like at least. Because, like, Machine Gun Kelly used to be a rapper, and now he's doing pop punk, and that's really working for him. Way more than the rapping did, I think. I don't know if we mentioned, but me and Alyssa are... (laughs) Oh, we didn't talk about it. Each took a different take on Avril Lavigne. Um, I went with the tank top tie. A classic early Avril look. Yeah, I tried to do a little bit of eyeliner. If anyone knows me, they know that I cannot put on (laughs) eyeliner to save my life. So I tried. But yeah, so that's my look. Alyssa went very good with the eye makeup, I will say. I tried to go for a mix of several different eras of Avril. So I have just a straight up black shirt for her goth um, era. I've got my long hair kind of a little, you know, a little grungy. I got a pink skirt on for, you know, her era best damn thing where she did a lot of pink um, things. I've got some thicker eyeliner on because she loves black makeup. And I also have some, like, purpley pink eyeshadow from my Lizzie McGuire eyeshadow collection. Yes. And then I'm also wearing some black tights and some Doc Martens that I borrowed (laughs) from my roommate. Nice. And that completes my my look. Um, If I had time, I would have put on black uh, nail polish, but I did not have the time, so I didn't do that. (laughs) Hannah, for context, on November 10th, 2021 hannah sent me a text message with a link to the song bite me on spotify and said didn't realize she was making more new music i said oh me neither 
and you responded that it gave you some old school Avril vibes, and then you sent me a picture of Jamie Lee Curtis from Freaky Friday with the the tagline "Millennials listening to Bite Me" by Avril Lavigne. And I said, I love that. I haven't listened yet. I'll do it now. Then you sent me another picture of Freaky Friday of the band that Lindsay Lohan's in saying, me and the girls after listening to Bite Me by Avril Lavigne. <laughs> and then I said, it does kind of feel like girlfriend Av- Avril. Maybe she listened to Little Nas's album because I think that's what I want. Feels like a hardcore Avril Lavigne, like girlfriend era mm. song. You said, yeah, it gave me girlfriend vibes. I'm not sure when her album is coming out, but I'm excited. And that was the conversation that we had. But anyway, um, so I have, <laughs> I took over two pages of notes about Avril Lavigne in the background. I will try to condense it as much as possible. Even though we love Avril, I don't want to bore you with too many details. But let's get into it. So the artist is Avril Lavigne. She is a Canadian singer and songwriter. She's 37 years old. She has released seven studio albums she has eight Grammy nominations. She has won a total of 169 awards just in general. She has sold over 30 million singles and 40 million album copies. So the first song that she wrote when she was a child is uh, was called Can't Stop Thinking About You, which was about a crush. And she started singing from a really young age. She went to church and that's where she kind of discovered that she liked singing. She used to do a lot of um, country covers. And actually, in 1999, she won a radio contest and got to perform with Shania Twain in front of about 20,000 people. And so this local folk singer from um, the Ontario area named Stephen Mads uh, saw her at this performance and then asked her to record for his album so she is featured on i think a few of his albums as like backing vocals and this is when she was like 15 14 years old and so through that process different producers found her in 2000 she was invited to perform for the music producer la reed um which he was he's really big in the music industry he was on the the he was X on Factor. X Factor. Okay. He was a, a he was judge. judge on the X Factor, which is a singing competition show. So she was signed by Arista Records at the age of 16. So when she was uh, signed. After hearing her perform, he immediately signed her for a two album record deal. She dropped out of high school to pursue it. The process did not go very well, though. Throughout the first year, she was having a lot of issues with feeling like she couldn't make the music that she wanted. She ended up moving out to LA after that first year to work with this uh, group known as The Matrix. It was like a, a music, lyric, writing, producing group of, I think, three people. And because she had done a lot of country stuff previously, they wanted her to have this like kind of Faith Hill-esque vibe and Faith Hill is really big. But Avril said that she wanted to have more punk rock influences. And once they had heard her kind of like give an idea of what they want or what she wanted out of her album, they wrote an early version of Complicated and gave it to her like the next day. And then, you know, they they worked it from there. In 2002, her debut album, Let Go, was released. It's 20 years old today. Shout out. So this album has gone platinum seven times. It is the best-selling album of the 21st century by a Canadian artist. 
That's crazy. Yeah, like, I was, like, trying to think, I'm like, what are other Canadian artists? Drake sold more than any Drake album. I think Shania Twain's Canadian. Yeah, Shania Twain. Like, there are a ton of Canadian artists. Alanis Morissette is Canadian. Yeah. So she she has the best-selling album still of a of a Canadian artist. So this album gave her the the title of Pop Punk Queen, which a lot of people know her as. Critics have said that this album kind of helped create the not only just like pop punk genre, but, but definitely for like leading female musicians and was like kind of like the uh, a catalyst for pop punk into the 2000s. So this album sold over 16 million copies or it has sold over 16 million copies. It is the only album of hers that has multiple top 10 singles in the United States. Complicated was her debut single, which charted for 31 weeks. There are some disputes about how much contribution Avril did for writing versus The Matrix. And this is kind of an ongoing thing throughout her music career is that there's been claims of um, plagiarism. There's been pla- uh, claims of she's had not contributed as much as like she w- had said, but nothing has ever been, you know, proven. There's no, you know, she was never like found like guilty in any lawsuits or anything like that. Someone who claimed that she like had plagiarized walked back on their claims like and apologized. I don't know. So I was noticing that like there was a few times early on in her career where I don't know if maybe because she was young people thought that you know they could take advantage of that. I'm not sure. You know because she signed when she was 16. The next album she releases her second album Under My Skin in 2004. It was the first of her albums to top the Billboard 200 charts, sold over 10 million copies, also garnered a lot of praise because it was a lot more, I don't want to use the word darker, but like it was a bit heavier, a bit more punk rock, a bit more um, serious, and she wrote a like, was very, very more involved, and I don't think the Matrix Matrix was involved beyond that first album in her writing process. The third album, Best Damn Thing, comes out in 2007. Now, this launches with the single Girlfriend. I don't know about you, Hannah, but I remember going to the library, watching that Girlfriend music video on YouTube because YouTube had just started, 2006. This album was number one in the Billboard Hot 100. Girlfriend was the most downloaded track of 2007 with 7.3 million downloads. Girlfriend was the first YouTube video to reach 100 million views. It was the first video to get that many views. And this album is very critically praised. Critics really liked it. Um, It's seen as a bit more um, post-grunge. Although, and more commercial than her first two albums, although some people were critical of her lyrical content, saying that it wasn't as um, accessible or appropriate as her previous works, you know? Yeah. I mean, I remember we had Girlfriend, and I remember it was so exciting because it was, like, one of the first explicit songs that I think we had, like, on, like, our iPod. I had it on my Nano, and it was a great time, and I loved it. Um, so then she comes out with her fourth album in 2011 called Goodbye Lullaby, which was seen as a much more mature sound, was more acoustic, more different instruments. It was very much not pop punk. It was more contemporary. It went gold, sold sold over 500,000 copies in the U.S. 
For her fifth studio album, it was a self-titled 2013 Avril Lavigne. She moved to Epic Records to release this one. It had about the same amount of, or same amount of copies sold as comparable to the last one. So in 2009, six years later, she releases her sixth album, Head Above Water. And so Avril Lavigne was actually diagnosed with Lyme disease in between 2013 and 2019. And she essentially couldn't do anything for like two years. Like she didn't tour, she wasn't singing, she was not publicly like doing things. She was battling this disease and trying to become diagnosed. And so this record was a lot of um, her showcasing or expressing those feelings towards like having to deal with this. For her last album, which is the newest one, Love Sucks, was released in 2022, and she moved again to a new um, record label called DTA Records, which is um, Travis Barker's record label, and he produced her album as well. He actually worked with her on the Best Damn Thing album. He actually drummed for a few of her, like was the drummer on a few of her tracks, which I thought was really interesting. They had previously worked together. So it is... Currently, the highest rated album of her entire career, like critically acclaimed, it launched at number nine on the U.S. Billboard 200. Avril Lavigne has said that this is the album that she's always wanted to make and that it was very effortless and just kind of flowed and it was just, um, she wanted to return back to her roots and, but in a, you know, more mature setting as she's now 37 and she made her first album when she was, you know, 16, 17, 18. Into the 2000s, her sound was a lot more pop punk, alternative rock, pop rock, post-grunge sound. 2010s were known as more softer, poppier, acoustic pop rock sound. And now that we're back in the 2020s, she's kind of returned back to her pop punk roots. So she's been very vocal about um, her, the media's disrespect for her songwriting just throughout time. It just seems that it's an ongoing thing. Her image is, uh, you know, she has had a different, a couple different eras. She's known for her tomboyish style, you know, wearing baggy clothes and ties. And then she switched to a more gothic style and then punk rock style. Like she's, she's had a, a, an evolution of styles. She's made clothing lines. She's co-wrote songs for other artists. So she actually co-wrote Breakaway, the Kelly Clarkson yeah. song. Yeah, I actually just watched, uh, Avril Lavigne was just on Kelly Clarkson's oh, talk she? show. Okay. And she mentioned, she, they talked about it and she said like she wrote Breakaway for one of her albums, Avril did. And she's like, it just didn't sound right. And she's like, she's like, so Kelly Clarkson used it. And she's like, I think she like did she was like the right person yeah. for that song. Like I think obviously that's a really big song to Kelly Clarkson. And it was a huge song for her, yeah. Right. So yeah, that is interesting though. So she also co wrote um the song Dancing Crazy that Miranda Cosgrove performed, I guess. I she's so she's written songs for some other people. She has influenced, a lot of artists have cited her as uh, one of their main influences for their musical directions, including artists such as Billie Eilish, Willow Smith, Rina Sawayama, who we've discussed previously, Ed Sheeran, Olivia Rodrigo, just to name a few. There's many. And the last thing I wanted to talk about, Avril Lavigne is part of this insane conspiracy theory that started as a joke, and apparently people actually think this is real. So the theory is that Avril Lavigne committed suicide in 2003 and was replaced by a body double selected by the paparazzi. 
Avril is, Avril Lavigne has stated that she does not, she's not dead and that it is her. And she's like, I don't know why people think this is a true thing. They came, the rumors came back a lot, like, when she was battling Lyme disease because people were like, oh, she's, she's been out of the spotlight for, like, four years. And people were like, it's clearly a body double and all this stuff. And it's, it's literally insane. It is insane. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is, so, the song Bite Me was actually written by a lot of people. So, Avril Lavigne written, wrote on it. Um, another music producer, I forgot to write his name down. I think it's, like, John Goldstein or Goldsmith or something like that. It was also written, uh, co-written by Marshmello, um, the artist Marshmello, the artist Mod's son, and then also Omer Fetty, who helped write Mood. Montero and Stay, the Justin Bieber, Kid Lori or Liori. Do we ever decide how to pronounce his name? I don't know. Anyway, but I don't so remember. she had a large group of people working specifically on this one song, which I thought was really interesting. I'm pretty sure her and Mad's son are like in a they relationship. Are. Okay. They released a song like last year, like one of his songs where she was on I think it's it. called yeah, Flames. Flames. Yep. Yeah. Um, last year or two years ago. So, and this album is also, I forgot to mention this, this album is also the most collaborations that she's done with other artists. Yeah. So she has previously maybe had like one artist on an album. She, you know, she's collabed with Nicki Minaj. She collabed with um, Chad, her previous hung- husband, Chad Kroger of Nickelback. Look at this photograph. photograph. <laughs> but on this album, she collaborates with Machine Gun Kelly. She collaborates with um, Mark Hoppus, also of Blink-182, uh, Black Bear. Uh, I'm thinking I'm forgetting one. That, that might, might be it. it. Okay. And then uh, Travis Barker did a lot of stuff, like, producing and work with her. So that is the the Avril Lavigne background. Um, before we get into rankings, we did, like Alyssa mentioned, we did this list back in 2019. We did. Um, we did 15 songs. We're doing 12 today. I'm curious. Well, we could do, we could save that at the end. Do we want to, yeah, do we want to save it for after? Yeah, let's save it for after. Okay. Okay. It's been a while. It's been, it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> okay. Yep. So we already, we are doing, we, <laughs> we are doing 12 songs. 12 songs. Yes. Correct. Okay. So my number 12 is actually from her newest album. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a song called Avalanche. There were a lot of songs on her new album that I considered because I think it's a really solid album, as we've mentioned. When I started, I had six. Yeah, I yeah. think I picked five. Um, you put five? No, no, no. I when I had I had five oh, picked. Like half no. of your al- half of your no, no, songs for no, no, this no. album. I'm like, that's insane. No, this one to me though, I really like. I don't. <laughs> I think Avril can do slow songs really well. And I really like this one as a slow song because I think lyrically it's like very impressive to me. Like I feel like the lyrics are relatable like to me, I guess. And I think her vocals really are impressive on this one. I also like where it falls in the album because it's kind of like a very high pace album with like a lot of drums and stuff and this song comes in and it's very like almost quiet in a way so i just i just really liked this song yeah it was did not make my list but it was in consideration yeah number 12 i have what the hell i think this song is super catchy it was on her um fourth album which is a bit more contemporary and not as heavy and i think it works pretty well as like a pop song it's fun it's 
I, I always have enjoyed it. It's a song I've always liked. It was on my list previously. But when I was making this list, it just kind of kept falling down and down and down until it got ended up being last. It was made it made my cut because I was like, I cannot cut this song because I like it that much. But in terms of like, is it one of my favorites? Or do I think it's one of her best songs? And the answer to that is list of 12, I don't think it is as strong as some of the other songs on this list, which is why it ended up here, I think. But I love it. It's a great song. Yeah, number 11, I have What the Hell. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. Like, I've I'm always liked this. You. <laughs> I'm with you. Coming up. Um, I think... <laughs> And I can only have three songs from the first album. Can only have three. <laughs> Is that your number one song? I'm gonna assume it's your <laughs> no, number one song. No, it's not, but I'm shocked. Okay. I, I had to make a cut. I had to make a cut. Okay. Moving okay. on. <clears throat> I agree with you, like as I was doing my ranking, it kept going down. I think the problem maybe is that it's not lyrically as impressive. But it has a really good beat, and it's like, you're right, it's like a fun song, and it's like, I sometimes I just relate, I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Like, right now. Um, <laughs> just saying, I'm a little shocked right now. <laughs> Ooh, okay, rain it in. But yeah, I think it's a fun song. Number 11, I have Kiss Me Like the World is Ending, which is a song off of her new album. I had such a hard time with these new songs. One, because they're super fresh. Like, we've only been listening to them for a couple weeks. Whereas, like, for instance, her first album, I've been listening to for 20 years. So, you know, it's hard to compare that. But this one, like, kept hearing it and I kept going, yeah, I like this one. And it kept getting, like, I would cut songs. I think I had six initially. So I just kept cutting and cutting and cutting. And I was like, you know what? I want to keep this one. I think it's really upbeat. It feels very, like, Paramore is really snappy it's like really quick like she's singing really quick but then the chorus kind of slows down a little bit and i just like really like the style of the song caught me uh number 10 is girlfriend i knew you were gonna be upset about where i placed this because i know how you feel about the song i think my problem is i love the song i think it's a great song Mm -hmm. um when we were kids listening to Hell yeah, I'm the motherfucking princess. You felt like the biggest badass in the world. Yeah. (laughs) I think my problem, though, is with this song is that I associate it with 2000s, 2010s teenage shows because it was in a ton of shows from the 2000s. It was like, I remember being in uh, Secret Life of the American (laughs) Teenager. I was about to say, it was in the pilot. Yeah, and I associate it with kids walking into high school. And for some reason, that gives me a weird vibe. And I think maybe that's why. But I think, Uh like... I think lyrically it is good. It's smart. I think also like it's just one of those songs where it's like you just feel cool listening to it. And I knew you were going to be mad about the placement and I maybe would I don't totally stand by where I placed it. But I also I I did this all today in like a hurry. I was I was last playlist. I had it as number 13. So technically it moved up. Okay. Something. I think I was upset about it then and I'll be upset about it now. I'm upset about another one, so that's fine. We're both upset with each other. Number 10, I have Keep Holding On. This was the most surprising to me. When we did this list in 2019, I had this ranked number three. It dropped 10th. 
I think what happened is that I had a falling out with the song. I loved this song. I had it constantly. It was favorited on all my iPods. Like, I've had it on playlists. And I don't know. I was just, I haven't listened to it, like, in a while. You know, I haven't sought out the song. And when I was listening to it on the list, I was just like, hmm, I don't know what it is. I just don't feel as drawn to it as I used to. I still think it's a good song. I mean, she did write it for a terrible movie, uh, Aragorn, or Aragorn, not Aragorn, the, the man, Aragorn the dragon. So, like, maybe it's tainted because it was for like a shitty movie (laughs) but I don't know I I think it's a good slow ballad I think it has a good message I like the progression of the song I love that breakdown hear me when I say I believe amazing but yeah so I don't know why when I was making this list it just kept falling but I just I don't know I'm not I still like it but I am not as fond of it as I used to be that's fair okay number nine I went with head above water This is the only song I picked off that album. I was going to go with Tell Me It's Over, which I think you might have that song on yours. And I don't know why I'm drawn to this song because a lot of it is very, like, religious, like, undertones, and I'm not at all a religious person. Yeah. I think it's because she released this song and it was, like, I respected the fact that she was willing to show this different side Because I remember when it came out, a lot of people were like, oh, I didn't know she was religious and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And obviously she had been through a lot the past couple years. And I just think like lyrically, it's like a really nice song. Like there's a line, it's like, I'm too young to fall asleep. And that like line always gets Mm me. And I don't know, I like the piano ballad. I really think her vocals soar on this. Like I remember watching reactions to people watching this song and people were like, I didn't know she could sing like that. Mm When I was listening to it around this time, like, going through this list, I was like, I pre- I respect that song, even though I don't necessarily, like, relate to it in the fact of, like, Yeah, the, con- the connotation, yeah. <laughs> like, the context, but, like, I think it's just, like, a good song, and it's, like, showcases a lot of her vocals and, like, the ballad piano-esque. So that song was my last cut. Here's what I'll say. I think it is a very well-done song and clearly has a lot of emotional has a lot of emotional investment into the song and personal, like, for a personal issue that she has experienced. But I will never go out of my way to listen to this. Like, this is just not a song that I go out of my way to listen to. I think it's really well done. I think her vocals are really great. I think it's almost like, I compare this a lot to, like, Kesha's Praying, whereas Mm -hmm. that song I'm drawn to. I want to listen to Praying. Whereas, And it's kind of a similar thing where it's, like, a personal you know, ballad showcasing your vocals and, like, you can feel the emotion in it. But I don't know, for some reason, I've never really been super drawn to listening to the song. But I respect it a lot. So it it almost made my list. Number nine, he was a skater boy. She said, see you later, boy. Now, as an eight-year-old, this was my favorite Avril Lavigne song. Like, I loved Skater Boy. I've probably listened to Skater Boy... 200 plus times in my uh, probably 500 like I have heard this song so many times but I can acknowledge it's really not that great of a song (laughs) like lyrically and like sorry you get a lot of the it's just like I know we're disrespect to Avril Lavigne it's just in in the scope of songwriting and songs it's really not that good of a song but God damn it, do I love it. Like, it holds a special place in my heart 
where I was like, this is my eight-year-old awakening into pop punk, you know, because I didn't listen to Blink-182 at that age. I didn't listen to, you know, Offspring, you know, all these bands that changed the genre. But this was my intro to it. And I felt like such a badass, you know, rocking this song. I love it. It was going to be on this list no matter what. But there are better songs. So it, it sits here. For the nostalgia. For the eight-year-old me. Of course. Number nine. Eight-year-old eight you would have been so pissed oh. if the song was on your list. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I gotta respect my wishes of my past self. Number eight is When You're Gone. Oh, this is... Oh. Okay. That's a little okay. late. <laughs> I was trying to find it. I was like, I know it's here. I lit a candle. It's a little delayed. A little delayed. Yeah, number eight is When You're Gone, uh, which was on The Best Damn Thing. Um, this song I've always really liked. I've always felt like lyrically it, I think, is relatable for a lot of people. Even if you don't look at it in like a romantic context, like in terms of just like when people leave, you know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone can relate to that. And I think it's like a pretty... One, I think it's one of her better written songs, honestly, if I'm being honest. Um, and I don't know why. I just always felt connected to it. I don't know what the reason is, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure it was on my list last time, too. And I heard it and I was like, yeah, this song has to be on my list. Just where? Yeah, so this was also one of my last cuts. This yeah. was number 14 on my list from 2019. I do really like this song. The problem I got to is that there are a few songs that are very similar, like, you know, have a similar vibe, and there's one I like a little more that I think is my next my next song. It didn't make the list, but I agree. I think it's a really well-done song, and I have always really liked it. But when I was listening to it back-to-back with a bunch, it just, like, it would have made my 15 cut. Didn't make my 12, though, unfortunately. It's fine. Yeah, so number eight i have wish you were here which i like a little more than when you're gone but it's a very similar like Mm -hmm. feeling invoked from it like you know missing someone um and i just have always loved the chorus like yeah just you know that is always drawn to me the the build-up to the chorus and the chorus i just like have always loved that and especially when i was listening back through this was on my list previously i actually had it lower on my list last time it was number 13 in, in 2019, but I just, like, in listening to it, I'm just like, oh, yes, I love this song. Like, it, it just, like, it hits with me, and it's kind of more, you know, it's a little slower. It's a little, you know, not as heavy uh, instrumentally, and I just have always really liked it, and I like it even more in the past three years, I guess. <laughs> it's funny because um, I got those two songs, When You're Gone and yeah. that one, and I was like, I can only pick one because they're they're pretty much the same. They're very much the same song. And I went with the other one, so that's interesting. Because I would have had that song, like, if I didn't have to pick between the two, I would have probably had that song, too. Yeah. Because I think it was on my list last time, too. Yeah. All right. Number seven? Seven. Is Nobody's Home, uh, which was off of her second album. Um, I've always liked Nobody's Home. I think that it does a really good job of painting a story. And I think that I've come to appreciate it more over the years like when I was younger I don't necessarily know that I it was my favorite song maybe because I was just more into like the actual music and not like the lyrics in the past 
Um, but yeah, I think it's just a really well-written song again, and I think it's, like, one of her better storytelling songs, which I know you cut by your face, which is fine. It was also one of my later cuts. It was on my old list, and I had it, you know, in consideration, and I just had to cut it, but I, I do like that song. I have liked that song. It's hard, you know? You gotta make cuts. Avril's got a lot of good songs. She does. All right, now for the one I know it's not on your list. Number seven, I have Tell Me It's Over. I have always really liked this song. And even when we did this list last time, I had this ranked pretty high. I feel like this is very different from pretty much all of her songs. For some reason, it it sounds exactly like Love on the Brain by Rihanna to me. The way that it builds, the way there's like that like dun 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 chorus, and it also kind of sounds like Worth It, The Weeknd. Like it has this very different vibe, and I'm really drawn to it. And I like her like vocal styling, and I like the the music. I like like the instrumental done in it. I've just always really been drawn to it. I think that's probably my favorite song off that album, but I picked the other song just because of the reasons I mentioned. But I do think it's a really good song. Um, the fact that I can still sing this on word for word is very reminiscent. Number six is Skater Boy. I agree with you. I think it's truly not that good of a written song <laughs> no. like Skater Boy rocking up MTV. Um, okay. I think, though, it's just like, like you said, I've listened. This is probably, mm, this and like another song are probably the two songs I've listened to the most. Anna, does your pretty face see what he's worth? No. I just think that, like you said, it's the nostalgia. And, like, the beat, like, the the backing um, music and track is actually really cool. Yeah. The lyrics leave a lot to be desired. But, uh, yeah, me as a kid would be very disappointed if this song was not, like, at least midway through my list. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had it a lot higher up a couple years ago. Yeah. And as I've listened to a lot of her stuff, like, in a row, I'm like, okay, compared to the rest of this uh, list, it's not near close to vocally or not vocally but like lyrically but again it's just like it's so goddamn catchy yeah it is it's so i can literally every time it comes on i can sit there and i'll sing the whole song same i'll never skip it i'll never skip it either i had it number four previously so yeah i think i had two or three number six i have love it when you hate me featuring black bear this is off her newest album and of her collabs this was by far my favorite I love the structure of the song. I love the way it flows. I like the artist. Black Bear is also on um, my ex's best friend, Machine Gun Kelly song that I listened to like 800 times during the summer. <laughs> it's a really good song. I kept being drawn to it when I was listening to the new album. I kept just being like, yeah, I like this. It, it works with me. I think it's a really good, upbeat, fun song. Yeah, I really like it. I didn't put it on my list, but it's one of my favorites off her album. Yeah, number five, I have Keep Holding On. I think it was higher, actually. I think it has number three last time. Same. This song, like, I've always really liked this song. Um, It's always been one of my favorite Avril Lavigne songs. And I think, lyrically, I've always related or felt connected to it. And I think I still did. You were saying kind of that you didn't feel, like, as connected to it. Um, I think I felt maybe more connected to it, but I ended up putting it lower. So that's a little bit, but there also was new music. So 
I had to account for yeah, new music. Yeah, new music, you gotta kind of yeah. figure stuff out. Um, but yeah, I just think, like, lyrically, it's, like, a really emotionally connected song where, mm-hmm. like, I guess it's one of those songs where a lot of artists do where it's, like, their support song, like, all about, like, being in unison or, like, unity and, like, you know, helping yeah. each other out and stuff. But I think it really works because some of those songs can get pretty cheesy. They are the world. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they can get, like, really cheesy, but I think, like, it actually does work, so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Number five, I have Losing Grip. Now, I know you love I'm With You, but if I have to choose between Losing Grip and I'm With You, Losing Grip is going to win every time. That's just my preferred song between those two. I have always loved this song. It's the first song on the album. You can't skip it. I think the right song to pick for the first song. It really sets the tone mm-hmm. immediately. And it's like really like angsty. Like, why should I care is the chorus. Really got that grunge, the pop punk feel. Um, her vocals are great on it. She does not sound like she's, you know, 17, you know, 18. It's just a good song off her first album. It's always been one that I've really liked and I still like. It still holds up, I think. That was my last cut, um, but I couldn't justify having four songs off one album. I had the exact same thought. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Not really, but it's okay. <laughs> that's fine. Number four is I'm With You. Um, I've always loved I'm With You. It's always just been one of my favorite songs of hers. I've been really into it in the last, like, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which yeah. Rihanna sampled. Which is why I think Love on the Brain, she got some inspiration from that song, maybe. Yeah. Um, And Avril Lavigne actually, like, it was recently released an acoustic version with Youngblood. Oh. And I really was, like, I think that made me appreciate the song even more. Um, But I've been listening to it nonstop for, like, the past year. (laughs) So (laughs) the reason it's not higher is because I think there's three better songs. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like we might have... Like, we might have similar topics. I think my other three are your three. Okay. Is what I'm, I'm thinking. I'm fairly confident on that. Number four is My Happy Ending, which is the only song I have off of her second album. Now, it's weird because I, like, didn't really listen to her second album, Nobody's Fool, when it came out, other than this song. This song got a lot of radio play. It was everywhere. But I, like, don't really remember. Like, we kind of skipped the second album. So weird that like I approached more mainly approached the album more as an adult than I do like from the perspective of a child. But I still love this song. I don't know. It hits hard. It's a great pop punk song. When we ranked pop punk songs, this has been on my pop punk list previously and probably still would be. It just like it hits hard and it's good. Like lyrically, it's really good. It's really catchy. You love to see it. Number three is Bite Me, uh, which was her debut single off her new album. The first time I heard the song, I was like, I love it. I was hooked. When those drums come in, Mm -hmm. sounds amazing. Um, It just feels like she could have made this song in 2002. And the fact that she made it 20 years later and it works and it holds up, like, I just think it's a really good song. It's got a lot of components that I could say maybe this is her best song like as a collective but I think 
the two I have higher is maybe a bit more nostalgia because I've been listening to those songs for 18, 20 years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think it's a really good song and it was a good choice for the single on her new album to really like get people back into her music. Yeah, I agree. Number three, I have Girlfriend. I remember when I heard this song, I was 12 and I was like, I blew my mind. Like, I loved this song. I was obsessed with the song, and especially because it was, like, more explicit than her previous two albums, you know, Motherfucking Princess, you know. You hear that, and you're like, oh, my God. You hear that, and you're like, but I think it, it still holds up. Like, there's a reason that this song reached 100, in the music video reached 100 million views on YouTube the fastest. The fact that it was, like, an incredibly successful single. I don't think you could ask a single person who grew up in that time frame and I don't think a single person wouldn't know this song. I think it is probably, other than one other song, her most well-known song. And it's, it's good. It holds up. It works musically. The elements work really well. It's super catchy. And I couldn't put it any lower than third. I kind of hate that Secret Life ruined it for you ruined it for it's not ruined i think because i was listening to it and i was really into it so maybe i'm just not i think maybe i thought i had to put it lower but i don't have to do anything hannah we're here for trash opinions you know you can put whatever you want wherever you want we'll see if we we revisit this at any point i'll see like hmm. this went up for me i had it at five last time i put it up two spots well you know you win some you lose some number two is my happy ending I think this might be lyrically maybe her best song. I think it's a very, like, complete whole song. Like, it feels very, not polished, but it feels very, like, well thought out and, like, produced. Like, very well produced. Everything about it just works for me. Um, I've always liked this song. Like you said, we didn't really, it kind of is weird because I was listening to the second album and I was like, I know some of these songs, but a lot of them I don't have the nostalgia I have of the first and third album. So it was a little bit weird. But yeah, like listening to the song as an adult, I think it's still a really good song. Um, I know a lot of people like say this is like one of her better songs, like maybe one of her best songs, which I would agree with. Um, But there's one that (laughs) had to be number one. So yeah. Number two, I have Bite Me. I have listened to this song maybe a hundred times since it's come out. Like, I cannot stop playing this song. And I think you're exactly right when you say that it sounds so nostalgic. Like, it could have come out in the early 2000s, but it also somehow feels, like, super fresh. Like, her vocals sound amazing. Like, the fact that she's, like, 37 and, like, it's so well produced. The drums make this song. And I think, honestly, this could be a contender for like her best song like i love it i think it's amazing i am i i don't know i can't i don't know maybe it'll change in a few years once i have you know some time and maybe it'll go down on my list a little bit but i like you send that to me i listened to it and i was just like (gasps) i was like this is amazing this makes me feel like i'm eight you know this makes me feel like i'm listening to skater boy in the car or girlfriend and just like yeah, I love it. 
that's what it is. Like, you hit it on the nail on the head. Like, when I heard the song for the first time, I was like, I feel like I'm a kid again listening to this on a CD player. Yeah. yeah. Like, that nostalgia came flooding back to me. I think that's, yeah. that's the right way to put it. Yeah. I'm glad to know we have the same number one. Had to be. Had to be. Had to be. <clears throat> number one is complicated. Her debut single. The fact that that's her debut single. Like, I think it's her most popular song. It's regarded as one of the best songs of the 2000s. It's regarded as one yeah. of the best songs of the 21st century. It upseated Natalie, um, but your name, Torn. Oh, Natalie Ambrugia. Imbr- Ambrugia, yeah. Or, yeah. Um, it upseated her song for the number of weeks spent on the billboard like that yeah. single obviously it's your number one too yes i don't even want to say it's nostalgia why i put it number one because i just think that it's a really good song like it's got all the elements of pop punk genre that work it also just feels timeless yeah i think it's very similar to torn where it just feels timeless and it feels mm-hmm. like it works for so many different audiences. Yeah. And it's a really well-produced song. For sure. I mean, we remember the guitar strum. Like, we remember The riffs, those. yeah. The riffs. And um, I can remember, like, being in elementary school, like, riding on the bus mm-hmm. and, like, this song coming on the radio and, like, just, like, s- sitting in a bus seat, like, singing along to it. Like, I, it's, it's it- weird you say that. I have a very specific memory of... Being in van, his mom was driving us somewhere and was playing on the radio, and I think it was the first time I had heard it, and I was like, what is this? And then eventually got the CD, but, like, I have I have such a specific memory yeah. of hearing this song at that yeah. age, and, like, it's, like, in my brain. But you're right. It's, like, it's one of those songs where I listened to it, because it came out, like, literally 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, I listened to it 20 years later and I still feel the same way I feel about, I felt about it when I was a kid and not many songs I can say this, Mm -mm. I can say that about. Yeah. It just feels like one of those songs that will never not be played and be known. Be played and never not be in style. Like it feels like it's one of those songs that would always be, you know, around and maybe it won't in in 40 years, but. At least for now, I feel like it stands the test of time where it's. Yeah. I mean, we, I feel like, have a pretty wide knowledge of music just across history because we did all these song rankings of different genres, of different decades, but there are so many songs that, like, the average person who is, like, our age has never heard just because, like, it's not on the radio, it's not, you know, at least before streaming, easily accessible to find those things. And I think that this is one of those songs that just, like, stands the test of time like it has for avril lavigne's um spotify complicated has 506 million listens and the next one is skater boy which has 348 so the fact that this song has is still her most listened to song has that many listens is crazy to me yeah and like i think that that really there's no reason for it not to be number one it holds up. No, I, it's, I you know, agree. it sounds just as good as it did when it came out. No complaints. Yeah. No, not at all. It also makes me think of Uptown Girls because it was in the trailer for Uptown yes. Girls. <laughs> Ugh. Yes. Ugh. Yeah. God. Good movie. But yeah. Um, I'll, I can run through my yeah. list really quick. Yeah. I had number 12, Avalanche. Number 11 was What the Hell. Number 10 was Girlfriend. Number 9, Head Above Water. Uh, when You're Gone. Nobody's Home. 
Skater Boy, Keep Holding On, I'm With You, Bite Me, My Happy Ending, and then Complicated. And for my list, I have number 12, What the Hell, then Kiss Me Like the World is Ending, Keep Holding On, Skater Boy, Wish You Were Here, Tell Me It's Over, Love It When You Hate Me, Losing Grip, My Happy Ending, Girlfriend, Bite Me, and then number one, Complicated. When we made this list back in 2019, we did have 15 songs. Yes. Um, but I had 15 was Bad Girl. Is that... Oh, no, that's not the song with Nicki Minaj, is it? It was with Marilyn Manson, which, you know, that's not, okay. 14 Goodbye, Girlfriend, Wish You Were Here, Tell Me It's Over, When You're Gone, Things I'll Never Say, Nobody's Home, Losing Grip, My Happy Ending, I'm With You, Head Above Water, Keep Holding On, Skater Boy, and Complicated. You know what's funny is I didn't have I'm With You on my 2019 list either. Because I like things I'll never say more. Yeah. I love that song. I had a hard time cutting it. So for my list, I had number 15, Here's to Never Growing Up, which I didn't include in this list, but it's a pretty good song. song. Yeah. When You're Gone, Wish You Were Here, Things I'll Never Say, Um, Not Enough, Nobody's Home, What the Hell, Head Above Water, Losing Grip, Tell Me It's Over, Girlfriend, Skater Boy, Keep Holding On, My Happy Ending, and then Complicated. So complicated still reigns. Complicated was still number one on both lists, but everything else kind of shifted around a bit. Love Avril. We love Avril. We, if we can go to a concert this oh, year, we'll be sure to snap we'll a picture be sure and put on to, our Instagram to update you on that. Yeah, for sure. Because you know, I know everyone's interested and invested in our lives. Oh, very, very interested and very invested. Yeah. In <laughs> but yeah, um, love. I do like doing the music ones. Um, I do too. I worry sometimes they don't translate well to, yeah, like because we can't play the music, right? But then also Lady Gaga is still our most listened to, and yeah. we still get random listens from different countries. Um, shout out Asante Sana to you Kenyan listeners. We also got Hawaii. <laughs> we did get and, Hawaii, uh, Arkansas. Or? Yeah, Arkansas. We got yeah. We claimed another. We're claiming, we claimed another, we claimed another state. Um, another couple states. So we're we're yeah. slowly making our way to global and U.S. domination. World domination. Yeah, we're gonna claim the world. <laughs> That's what we want. Next week we are doing something a little bit different. We are, and I'm really excited. It has to do with March. It has so. to do with March, and it has to do with some some anger. Also, a category we kind of claimed we would never go back to. We did. We did claim we'd never go back. But, but we're going back. We have our Instagram, our Twitter, our email, r3podcast at gmail.com. We will also post links to our Spotify playlist yes, we- like we did for the summer songs. So if you want to yep. listen to some Avril and Angst Out, um, yeah. got two playlists. They're a little bit similar, but they actually also have some differences. Five songs different? I think five. Yeah, which so, is pretty so good. we got like about half our lists are different. Um, so if you if you'd like to listen to those, you're more than welcome to. They'll be available. So we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bite me. <laughs> Bite me. Bye. We would like to thank Joseph McDade for our intro music. He provides free music available for all kinds of creative use. The song that we used is called Sunrise Expedition. And you can find it and his other music on his website, josephmcdade.com. If you would like to reach us, you can email us at r3podcasts at gmail.com. That's r, the number three, 
podcasts at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram by searching research rank repeat. Oh, I keep putting up the wrong fucking finger. Oh, shit. I know, it's so hard to do. <laughs> oh, there you oh, you didn't oh. get it. No. Oh, I couldn't, couldn't tuck it in. <laughs> okay, wait. All right. Oh, wait, wait you're wrong. doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Okay. I did it. Okay. I nailed it. Anyways, that'll be fun to edit.